Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the Recruiting Trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Marcello. Uh, this is a smaller roundtable, but uh, important nonetheless, because we're talking a lot about recruiting. I'm, I'm joined by Keith Niebuhr and Jason Caldwell. Today, uh, on the heels of a big Auburn win in the Iron Bowl, obviously the uh, uh, Super 7 state championships are going on right now in Auburn. Uh, that's where Jason's at at the moment. Uh, recruiting's hitting full speed ahead right now, not just for 2020, but also for 2021, because as you guys remember, a lot of the 2020 class is already pretty much on board. They just have to sign in December and then a few left over in February. So a lot of focus on 2021. But Auburn's coaches are spread out all across the country, uh, visiting schools, recruiting, checking in on current commitments that are going to sign in December and later right now. They, I mean, they are literally all over the country. Um, uh, gentlemen, whoever wants to jump in first, Kind of give us an idea of what this week is about for Auburn on the recruiting trail as they uh, sit here less than two weeks from the early signing period. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and go if Jason's cool with that. Um, they're yeah. on. The, they're all on the on the road this week, including Gus Malzahn. There's a lot of kids to see, so Gus's main priority is to do his in-home visits with guys that are firmly committed. So why would you do those guys first? Well, they're firmly committed, and you only have one visit as a head coach. So you know if you go see somebody, then uh, you're good to go. You, you, you've knocked out that visit. You have all that time left over to then get the high-priority, uncommitted targets and then maybe commits that are wavering a little bit. You can shore those up later. So Gus today, for example, as we record this, is in Texas to see Marco Damio, the four-star cornerback commit. Solid. He's going to sign uh, in a couple of weeks. And then also t- uh, later today, uh, after we record this, He's going to say Chris, see Chris Thompson, a four-star safety. So that's what Gus is doing. The assistants are doing a little bit of that too, but they can visit a kid every week during this next three weeks. Once a week, you can go see one of your kids that you're recruiting. Uh, so they've got a lot more trips to make than Gus does. Uh, and it's all strategically done. Like I said, you're going to get the guys that are real solid out of the way early. Then you'll work around to the other guys. And the assistants are trying to not only uh, – see the kids that are solid, but then work on other kids in this class that maybe are targets. Like, for example, uh, earlier today, Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, and Rodney Gardner, the defensive line coach, visited a young man named McKinley Jackson. That's a defensive tackle in Mississippi that's coming into Auburn this weekend for an official visit. So they're seeing him. And, uh, and then you have the third layer of that, and that is the younger kids. Start laying the groundwork for the 2021 and 2022 classes by going by those top target schools. Many of those kids were at Jordan-Hare Stadium 
uh, just the other day for the Iron Bowl. So now you turn around, you go back and you see those top guys and you're fresh in their mind. So it's a balancing act for the staff. Uh, but, you know, I think they enjoy this time of year. They're, you know, they're, they're kind of like they can – it's exhausting. You're on the road. You're staying at, at Holiday Inns every night. You're in planes. You're in rental cars. You're driving from Miami to sometimes South Carolina. But you're all, it's a different kind of pressure. It's, uh, they can kind of take a deep breath from the regular season now and, and get back into recruiting. And, you know, a lot of these guys are, are former high school coaches, and they like getting out there and mixing it up with high school coaches and being on the road and, and, and fans wanting to take pictures with them and, you know, all that stuff. I think it's an enjoyable time. Like people say coaches don't love recruiting, but I think there are I think there's certain parts of it they like a lot. Yeah, Keith, to add, to add to that, too, you know, I think people have to realize that how, how the game has changed with the early signing period. When you look at the way this thing's done now, 80, 85% of the top targets that you're going after are going to be signing, you know, here in December, just a couple of weeks. So you have to go see all those guys. And you're right. It, that's, that's the part of the thing now that has changed. Everything is ramped up. Used to be this time of year, you know, these college coaches would be worried about a couple of junior college guys. Um, maybe an early enrollee or two, and then getting ready for bowl practices and kind of doing some of those things, taking it easy, going to watch some of these Super 7 games. Well, now the coaches don't even have time to do that because that would count as a visit for a guy like Gus Malzahn, and you can't afford that. So, you know, for instance, a guy like Davion Cohen, um, you know, played last night in Central Phoenix City, uh, lost to Thompson, but, you know, you can't afford to, to come watch that game because that, that in-home visit is ultra-important. Uh, next week with, with Javion Cohen visiting Alabama this coming up weekend. It looks like a two-team race for him. And you know, that, that offensive line position is one that people have been looking at and focusing on. And obviously you look at it, you lose you know, six guys out of 15, six seniors, four starters from the end of the year. And, um, that's where you're going to have the most turnover on this team and going to be uh, one of the, the biggest and, and most important hauls in this 2020 class. You know, I, w- I wanted to talk about – there's some new stuff that's coming up right now, but I, I know we keep hitting on this. But I want to talk about Javion Cohen and his situation. Kind of where's that stand right now? And, you know, you see Auburn going after some other offensive linemen right now. Should we be reading into anything, anything with that? Well, Jason, let me start here, but I'm going to have – I think we should break this down. Jason has talked to him more than anyone. So maybe Jason can talk about the communication – you know, what Cohen is saying, and then I can maybe give a, an overall picture from what we're hearing from different angles. That work for you, Jason? Yeah, that works good. Yeah. All right. Why don't you start I, I, us I, off I, here? Yeah, I talked to, to Javion, like you said, I've talked to him a good bit. Um, and he's a guy that I've been talking to for a couple of years. Obviously, he's been a guy that's been a target. I've seen him through camps and now watched him play a couple of years as a starter at, at Central Phoenix City. And so I think uh, when you start talking about him, you look at, at familiarity. Um, you know, he did a story that off an interview last night and talking about he, he's looking for home. Um, he, that's what he feels at Auburn. And I, I, I still think that Auburn is a team to beat in this whole scenario because he's looking for that feeling. And he's gone from talking about starting right away to now talking about developing, doing some of those things. And so I think this, this weekend, this visit is all about for him at Alabama, seeing how it matches up to that feel. I don't think it's necessarily so much about football. I think a lot of it is how do, you, how do I mesh with the guys there, all those things. But I'll tell you this, and one of the things that I mentioned to Keith um, you know, earlier, um, last night he walked by one of the, the kids uh, from Thompson, pat him on the back, and, and just said War Eagle. And so right now, to me, those are the things that I still say. I, I still think 
I would lean towards him um, in Auburn. But you never know when when you get on campus for official visits how those things go. And that's why well, those those next couple of visits from the coaches next week will be important as he makes a final choice on signing day. Well, Jason's a lot more optimistic than, than, than you and me are, I think, here, Brandon. You know, who knows? I don't know what the kid's going to do. Uh, but first of all, I do want to say this. You know, Jason, I've had a lot of communication with him in person, over the phone, and, and otherwise. And you know, he's a pleasant young guy. And, and, and I know this is difficult for fans. Um, and, and they think he's mixing it up with fans and putting Auburn down and saying things. But at the end of the day, I think we all have to realize that he is a young kid still. I mean, I, I don't even know if he's 18 years old or not. But even if he is, he's a young guy. There's a lot of pressure. We don't all know what his family situation and family pressures and this, that, and the other are coming from. So first and foremost, I think it's important for people to remember all that before they really just take too many shots at the kid. He is just a kid. But uh, saying all that, but what we think is – that, you know, Alabama certainly would seem to take him right now. And I think the fact that Nick Saban went in home with him to visit him Monday uh, speaks to that. I think that makes that pretty clear. Uh, he's a guy that they want. Uh, and Auburn is covering all its bases, though. Um, you know, Jeremy Flax is an, a junior college offensive tackle that's coming in this week. Uh, this weekend for an official visit, he'd be an early enrollee. And I think that's a, a definite sign that Auburn is is making sure that it doesn't get stuck with nothing here. And remember now, and Brandon, you had a big scoop this week. Auburn has three junior college tackles committed, but none of them are going to be there in the spring. JV and Cohen, I believe, Jason, is he not an early enrollee? Yeah, that's his plan. It's, it's yeah. enroll early. So early enrollee, not only an early si- yeah, not only a December signing, but an early enrollee. You know, I think there was some trepidation. I think there was some concern with him, guys. And Jason, I think you probably agree with this. In the summer, after he committed, Auburn then got Killian Zaire. And since then, they've added Brendan Coffey, two very talented tackles at the junior college level. So if you're a high school kid, you're thinking, oh, goodness, man, it's going to make it a little harder for me to play in year one and year two. But none of those guys are going to be there in the spring. Coffey doesn't graduate till May. Killian Zaire tore his ACL. He's not going to be able to take part in the spring ball in May, even though or in the, this next spring, even though he will be at Auburn. And then you have the situation with Jonathan Buskey, who, quite frankly, we don't know if he's going to be in this class because there's concerns about whether he's going to make it academically. Another junior college kid. JV and Cohen signs gets in there in the spring, and he's probably working with the number twos from day one at practice. Now that that that's somewhat eye-opening as well for a kid. Uh, we'll see. You know, Alabama's going to make a strong pitch. There's no question about that. They got a lot to sell. Auburn's got a lot to sell. Um, and we'll see. He's not going to announce his final decision until signing day. I just wonder, you know, how long will Auburn stick with this? You know, they like him. The fact that they've, they've stuck with him this long and continue to recruit him tells you that they think he's a, a guy that can really play because, uh, you know, they haven't been thrilled with how he's maybe handled certain things. And uh, But, again, I think the fact that they're still recruiting him says that they believe he's a guy that can contribute big time at their program. But we'll see how they feel maybe a week from now. If it doesn't look good, Jason, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to pull the plug on it or are they going to go all the way to signing day and risk getting a little egg on their face? That's what we don't know yet. Yeah, I agree. And you're right. I think it all plays out. And they'll, they'll have a much better idea of those things next week. And you're right. I think, I think for them now, um, you kind of owe it to yourself to, to – to kind of see it out at least uh, through the visits next week and see what happens after that, after his official visit this past weekend. And, and one more thing about, about Cohen, you know, you know, kind of, you're right. I think people have, have gotten, you know, he's kind of gone back and forth. And, and when you start talking about visiting 
other schools, if it's Alabama, it makes a big deal when it's Auburn. I think that's something that obviously uh, has, has kind of rubbed people the wrong way some. But i tell you this about the kid. I watched him last night after the game. You know, they lose 40-14 to 14 trying to be a repeat, and, and I, I think a big surprise for most everybody in attendance. And I watched him grab three or four teammates as they were walking off the field crying, you know, sobbing because it, it was over with. I watched him grab those guys and, and give them a hug and talk to them. And that showed me more in a couple of minutes about Javion Cohen, about who he is, than, you know, all the interviews and all the things you do. And so, you know, him talking about that family feel and th- those things, I think that's absolutely the right call for him. And I think that's the truth. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll talk much more recruiting. And I want to get into 2021 right after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Guys, a lot of talk about 2021 kids, and it seems like every 10 minutes on on the message boards and on our site, we've got updates on uh, players being offered. Heck, uh, David Justice's uh, son, is that right? Uh, just got yeah, offered son. by, by yeah. Auburn, a uh, wide receiver. Um, uh, Keith, uh, Jason, as we've discussed before on the show, you know, 2020 is pretty much wrapped up other than a few guys, but 2021 is really ramping up. What's things looking like right now? What should fans know about? Well, Jason, you want this or you want me to go? I, I'll start a little bit. I think you look, and to me, the first thing you look at is um, – at, at getting quality players early in this class. You start talking about three commitments already in the top two, four, seven, and, and obviously the most recent being a five-star defensive line. I mean, you look at, at Lee Hunter as a big physical kid from Lund High School down in Pritchard, Alabama. Obviously, you, you start talking about quarterback, running back. Those are three positions that in any offense, in any situation, on any roster, are three of the most difficult to find your guys. It always feels like they've got their guys already in that 2021 class. And, the other thing about this one in state is there's a, a there's a, a talented crop of pass rusher type players and defensive linemen. If you can build that to start with and, and, and do it within your state borders, to me those are big things moving forward. But they've already they've already made a bigger impact, I think, and, and Keith, I think you would agree. They've done more and a better job of getting in front of these kids um, than they have at any time under Gus Malzahn. Yeah, and I think when you look at the 2020 class uh, that, that we're working on right now, in fact, I was just doing a, a radio interview with Chuck Oliver in Atlanta earlier, and he was like, boy, Auburn's sure taking a beating, you know, in, in state this year. And I said, well, you know, 
it appears that way based on rankings, but you know, some of those guys Auburn didn't go after. Now, obviously, Quandarius Robinson flipped from Auburn to Alabama, but I don't want to name names, but there's three or four kids in that top 12, top 13, 14 that are headed to other schools, including Bama, that Auburn really never really made a move on. They never even pursued. Uh, but 2021 is going to be a real battle in state uh, because I think, if anything, 2020 shows us that Alabama is making a concerted effort to go back heavy in state after recruiting so national for so many years. And, and also the talent level will dictate that, too. The 2021 class in state's very good. You know, obviously, Auburn's got uh, Lee Hunter wrapped up right now. Uh, but Dylan Brooks is an in-state five-star defensive end. Quincy McKinstry is a five-star in-state cornerback. Uh, Alabama-Auburn and then Clemson, you can't forget about them. They may, in fact, lead for him right now. Uh, but there's so much high-level talent for 2021 in-state. It's going to be fascinating to watch because I, I think we're going to see as many head-to-head Auburn-Alabama battles in-state as, as we've seen since I started covering Auburn in 2013. And, Jason, you go back many years, so there's there's probably years – where that was pretty common, but I, I in the last six, seven years, it looks like this is going to be the real one. But Auburn's getting a lot of traction over in Georgia, too. And, you know, Georgia's recruited so great at the national level. I think we can all agree on that. You have to sometimes tip your cap at these other schools. But in doing so, maybe hasn't recruited Georgia as hard as it used to. In other words, so they're now recruiting in Florida and Alabama and California and all these other places. And meanwhile, in the state of Georgia, uh, they haven't gone after as many guys that has allowed schools like Auburn to kind of dig their claws in a little bit more and 2021 class is going to be really strong in Georgia again now uh, Georgia's already in really good shape with a few kids I will say that but uh, there's a major battle down in South Georgia going on right now and this kid's going to have a decision in the next probably three weeks top 50 national recruit offensive tackle Micah Morris out of Camden County and it's going to be Auburn or Georgia and he was just at the Iron Bowl and it is a battle. Now, Georgia's probably still the favorite, but Auburn is right in there. You've got a four-star receiver in the Atlanta area that Auburn's been recruiting for two or three years, Julian Nixon, and they're the clear favorite for him. So Auburn is making his presence felt in the 2021 class. There's no doubt about it. When you get a quarterback in the class early, that helps because all these kids know the names of the top quarterbacks in the country. So Aaron McLaughlin has played seven-on-seven seven with all these kids. They've all seen him at camps. They've all been reading about him for two years. And that helps you just as it did when, when Auburn signed Bo Nix. So uh, that's one big benefit to this. Now you've got a five-star in the class. Kids want to play with others, you know, other big-name recruits. That helps you. You just beat Alabama, and you had just about every big 2021 kid in the South at the game. That helps you. Uh, you know, for Auburn, it'd be nice to win a bowl game and finish in the top 10. Uh, you know, things like that really do help. I mean, would it crush Auburn if they didn't? No, because the last thing, thing most of these kids are going to remember is the Iron Bowl. But – it's another selling point. Another thing that's going to help for 2021, guys, is this next year's draft. It's going to really help because you're going to have an offensive tackle go in the first few rounds. Uh, you're going to have two defensive linemen, maybe a third go in the first few rounds, maybe two go in the top for, top round, maybe two in the top 15. I mean, who knows? We know Derek Brown's going high. Well, that's more attention for your program. Uh, and after a couple of years of, you know, a little bit of a lull, there's a lot more buzz now about Auburn all of a sudden. It's amazing what one big win can do for you and the perception that you have a young team out there. Now, granted, they're losing some key players along the offensive and defensive lines, but elsewhere, it looks like a lot of guys are coming back. Auburn's really selling these kids on the future. Look at a young quarterback that you're going to have for three more years to play around. You know, So um, it, the iron seems to be out of what's the cliche I'm looking for. They're striking while the iron's hot. 
that seems to be where Auburn is right now. Very good place, potentially. Yeah, what are the chances, you know, from, from an outsider, someone that maybe is not keeping up with recruiting uh, completely day-to-day, uh, -day, what are the chances Auburn can get a top-five class, or is that kind of out of the realm of possibility? And does the Iron Bowl affect that? And also in 2021 – could they be a top five class? Could they get over that hump and get back in well, the top five? I don't think there's any chance they're getting into it this this cycle. I mean, uh, it's just I agree. Yeah, it's too. When you just look at the numbers, that's not a knock on Auburn. But again, you know, you're looking at quality versus quantity, and then you factor in difference makers. So quality, how many elite guy or how many four stars and above, uh, and and filling your needs. Then how many guys did you sign total? Well, they're going to try to sign twenty five. And then also the dip, potential difference makers who can elevate a class. You can have you have the 13th ranked class, but if, if that one five-star guy plays like a five-star and he happens to be your quarterback, then that number 13 class ends up being as good as like the number three class. So uh, I don't think so. I think they're going to end up in the top 10 this cycle, Brandon. I mean, I, there's a chance they could lose a couple guys, but they're also still going to take up to 25 and they have four spots open now. So you lose a couple, that's, you know, you're, you're, you're getting to 25 no matter what. And the average rating per commit right now is four stars. I mean, they're doing really well. And certain guys are going to get bumps in the rankings. I don't think too many are moving down. So top 10 looks realistic. I'd say seven to nine range. Next year, though, and Jason, I don't know if you maybe agree with me or not here, but next year, you already got a five-star on board. You already got a four-star quarterback. You got a top 100 running back. You know, there's, a, there's some buzz about Auburn right now. Dylan Brooks, again, an in-state kid, five-star kid. If you and an Auburn legacy, by the way, Jarris McIntyre's nephew, right, Jason? If you get that kid, yeah, correct. That's, a, that's him, another five a, star. I mean, you have Kool Aid, the Quincy McCaffrey, yeah. that's a five star. Well, you, you, you have you, in state potential to have three five stars in the state. If you have three five star kids in a class, that's what draws you up to a top five if the other guys are, are what you normally Yeah. Recommend. I mean, three five stars, Brandon, puts you right on the doorstep. It means if the rest of your class is really good, you're going to be close. And then a fourth four-star pretty much guarantees you're going to be up there just because of the points you get from those guys. Now, that doesn't mean they're all going to be five-stars, you know, this time for a year from now. We don't. That's what we don't know. But then again, Armani Goodwin, who's a four-star, maybe a five – their running back committee, maybe a five-star by this time next year. But they're, they're laying the groundwork. They're, they're doing a lot of good things. Kids wanted to see a good competitive team this season. Uh, and they did. And, you know, the schedule was tough. And sometimes I think the prospects realize that more than the fans do. Uh, but they're off to a good start. And they're really laying the groundwork with a lot of kids. And uh, you're going to start seeing in January and February, that's when you're going to start seeing these juniors start uh, visiting a lot. And it's during those visits when you really start making headway with guys. In fact, two years ago, that's when Auburn really made its move with Owen Popo. Uh, it was during one of those January, February type visits where he got some alone time with the staff, with Deshaun Davis, who was a current linebacker on the team, and he fell in love with the school. And so those junior days, and it's almost they almost are somewhat like cattle calls. We see them getting on and off the buses, and there's just dozens of kids and their families. They're pretty important. They're pretty important because this season is when kids start developing. Uh, this fall was when they started developing their opinions of teams. And then once they start taking those in-depth visits, that's when they really it really takes a recruitment to the next level. So uh, one thing we know is this Auburn staff has done well relating to kids and selling a vision uh, and selling the family atmosphere. Now, what we don't know is, uh, you know, will there be any staff changes? How many were there be 
Um, how will that impact things? You know, obviously that's unforeseen, but uh, there's a good bit of buzz about Auburn right now. And, and if I could, and I'm going on and on, but let me just give an example. Uh, five-star Tommy Brockermeyer, son of uh, Texas Longhorn legend Blake Brockermeyer. Yeah, he was visiting Auburn with his twin brother the other day, who's a four-star center. So five-star brother, four-star brother in the 2021 class. And they really were going to the Iron Bowl because they're, they were looking at Alabama, okay? Being very courteous to Auburn, but, you know, Alabama was higher up their list. They didn't know what to think of Auburn. They'd never been there before. Well, they loved the atmosphere so much, and they loved the game so much. They stormed the field after the game. They had the shakers in their hands the whole time. They made some new friends, stayed overnight, met with J.B. Grimes, the offensive line coach, for three hours on Sunday, uh, said afterwards, hey, we're coming back, and we really liked it. And then, and then two days later, uh, or three days later, Tommy Brockermeyer, the five-star, puts out a Final Five and says, Auburn's in it. So they went from nowhere to Final Five based on the atmosphere that they experienced over the weekend in Auburn. And people say, well, he's a lock to Texas. They're both locks to Texas. Well, our Texas writers certainly don't think so. And so you just never know. That's why you, you get kids on campus for those big events. You hope for the best. And, and who knows? Uh, and already when he put out his top five, other Auburn commits have been just attacking him on Twitter to, to make sure he keeps Auburn uh, in his head. And so, again, you don't know, but there is a certain amount of buzz about Auburn right now. People, let's be honest, those other rivalry games all fizzled out the other day. They all stunk. And so that was the one game people were talking about three, four, five days later, not just in Alabama, yeah. not just in Atlanta and Montgomery and Jackson, Mississippi, all over the country. People were talking about the game, and that has a resounding effect on, on recruiting. Absolutely. And what it does, too, is, is it has more, I think, more of an impact on the younger guys than it does the older ones because the older, the older kids who are going to make a decision in a couple of weeks, um, they've already been to places. They've seen these things for the young guys. It helps to establish groundwork of hope. Okay, who can match what I saw last Saturday in the Iron Bowl when I start taking visits this summer? All those things. What can stand up to that? It, it really lays the groundwork in a big way for the juniors and sophomores. And I think you start looking back at it. These big Auburn has gotten more traction out of the juniors and sophomores that have been on campus than they have the seniors for those big time wins like that. I think that was a great example of that last weekend and. I think you look back, and that'll be the ones to me that maybe it makes the most impact with. And Keith, you mentioned you know, guys like Michael Morris, but obviously Brockermeyer and his brother and some others. Those are the guys I, that you pay attention to that take visits for games like the Iron Bowl because that's where it, I think it can lay the most groundwork. And, and you know what they told me, the brothers, the Brockermeyer brothers, they live in Fort Worth. They've been going to Red River shootouts, which for those that don't know is Texas, Oklahoma, a neutral site game at the Cotton Bowl every year. They've been going since they were babies, basically. And they both they both describe the Iron Bowl experience as incomparable. That's saying a lot. You know, we, you know. Sometimes we're in this bubble. Uh, you know, we we cover these teams. We're around these rivalries, and so obviously we're going to think it's the best of, of this or that. Uh, but to hear it from somebody who whose father is, I mean, we're, you're talking about an absolute legend in Texas, and then they've been to those games and they've never experienced anything like that. So. Uh, that, I think that's significant for Auburn. And, uh, yeah, they're laying the groundwork for a lot of guys. And I think this week, and, and, and I, I, I've talked to some sources, and the reception the Auburn coaches have gotten on the road. Now, they always love walking in the building with that Auburn logo on their, on their chest. I will say that, Jason, Brandon, we all know these guys. They're proud to work at Auburn, okay? But this week, 
But you better believe they're loving it. They are loving it, and they are getting more people wanting to take photos with them, more people giving them high fives. That was a game that people are talking about. There's so much buzz. And let me tell you something. If you're in a school and, and your high school administrators are talking about that game and you're a top recruit, you may think, yeah, boy, that was pretty incredible, wasn't it? All that stuff rubs off on kids. It certainly put Auburn in the spotlight. And, uh, you know, obviously that'll shift this week with the SEC championship game and those other big conference championship games. But basically for one whole week, Auburn's been the talk of college football. And I think that's invaluable when it comes to recruiting. What's going on with the defensive line recruiting? Well, okay. So right now they got three commits. You got Daniel Foster Allen, who Jason's seen a good bit down in, in Mobile, Alabama. Very good player. High three-star, high upside. Jason can give you a little bit more details there. Two other guys committed. You got Jay Hardy, four-star strong side end, which means he could play strong side end or tackle because he's a big kid, 6'4", you know, close to 300 pounds. So he's in. And then the, the third guy in the boat, Zacchaeus Walker, committed last Friday. That was a real surprise. I mean, I think Jason, up until Thanksgiving when you started hearing some Auburn chatter, uh, most people thought it was all Georgia. And one of the reasons for that was because the confidence level based on the reporting out of the Georgia beat, and that's not to knock those reporters at all. I mean, you're only as good as your sources, but Georgia people were very confident there. And for Auburn to get him was was incredible. You're talking about a guy, six uh, three and a half, six four, two eighty in that range, or two seventy, excuse me, two two sixty, two seventy, basically built like Marlon Davidson, except maybe a little taller and a little more lean at that at that time but is going to play that Marlon Davidson position and, and a high IQ kid. Basically he's Marlon Davidson 2.0 and that's what Auburn sees. And that's what other people see in him. And he's such a good kid, quality kid. He's going to be coachable, all that stuff. Super strong. He's an early enrollee. So uh, I think Auburn already, and I rewrote this earlier this week, uh, we're hearing that there's a decent, I mean, Auburn people think he's going to come in and push for a starting job right away. That, that's not saying he's going to start, but he's going to push for one. So you've got those three guys means you got two spots remaining they, they they could use these positions all over the place you could add a buck you could add two tackles you really they've got some real flexibility at this point uh, i think ideally maybe one tackle and one more end uh, philip webb has been a huge target for a long time but we, we hear that's kind of trailed off a little bit he may or may not officially visit this weekend i wouldn't be surprised if that visit doesn't happen uh, i think auburn I, I think he's leaning hard toward lsu and i think auburn uh, is, is certainly considering just kind of going in a different direction and, and focusing on guys that they have a real shot with. Um, but that's a guy, uh, you know, that we talked about for a lot, but I do not expect him in the class. McKinley Jackson, we mentioned earlier, four-star tackle. He's going to officially visit this weekend from Mississippi. LSU, Bama, Auburn are probably the three to watch. LSU seems to be trending up again. Uh, Dallas Walker's a Texas A&M defensive tackle commit from Smyrna, Tennessee. He's officially visiting this weekend. I know there's some real concern in College Station about this. Uh, this would be his third visit to Auburn in four weeks, and we always say follow the visits. Uh, Dre Butler is a junior college defensive end that Auburn just offered. He is from Georgia, and that offer really got his attention. It just came this week. Uh, you know, He's a guy that uh, we could be keeping track of. He might not visit until January, but I, I think things are certainly looking up. I mean, gosh, a month or so ago, I think everybody – was thinking, I mean, are they going to get anybody? And and now, lo and behold, it's going to be another Rodney Garner class. But, Jay, Jason, you may have some more to add to that. Yeah, you know, I think one of the interesting ones is you mentioned Daniel Foster Allen. Like you said, I've, I've seen him a couple of years. I saw him in the spring and talked to his coach, Steve Mask, yesterday. Uh, he's here for the Super 7. 
he told me he's up to 275. And this kid is still 17 years old. Uh, so this is a young kid that's now 6'4", 6'4", and a half, 275, that I really believe is going to follow in the footsteps of, uh, of Jaron Handy, a guy that signs as a strong side end, winds up playing three technique and getting some reps and playing, you know, inside and winds up being an inside guy. He's playing basketball right now and he's 275. So he's got a lot of room to grow into an interior line position and, and give you flexibility. We saw you know, a lot of what Auburn did this year too was basically play a 3-4. They basically played a 3-4 with, you know, an extra diamond, you know, an extra defensive back on the field and, and stand up the buck and, and move those guys around. That gives you a lot of flexibility when you have guys, all three of these guys, really, when you talk about Jay Hardy, he's a guy that can do that at 290. And obviously, Zachivius Walker is a guy that probably plays in the 265 to 270 range, can hold down that strong side edge. And it kind of fits really well with, you know, with what you have coming back with, with really a true nose guard almost and, and Tyrone Trusell in the middle. And then we've seen Big Cat really come off the edge as a stand-up guy and, and, and create some havoc. Now, he's not finishing plays and getting sacked, but you, you look and go, hey, you take the next step that, that Marlon Davidson did last year. You go from getting pressure to getting guys on the ground, and all of a sudden it's a different story. So I think I think the guys they have committed really fit in well with what they're doing on defense right now. Good stuff, guys. Great intel on all things Auburn recruiting after this uh, epic Iron Bowl victory for the Tigers. Much more coverage uh, at auburn.247sports.com. We have a uh, special going on right now. Sign up for a 50% annual – for an annual subscription, get 50% off. And if you're a monthly member already, you can take advantage of that deal and get 50% off yourself. Deal ends Monday, so get in while you can. For Keith and for Jason, I'm Brandon Marcello. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.